Welcome to another edition of Truth Prevails, and I'm your host, Bob Soriano. Friends, over the years, I've heard a lot of good godly preachers teach messages and preach from the book of Psalms, chapter 23, and I've heard some great messages, as I'm sure you have as well. A while back, when I was traveling, was sitting in my hotel room, I was reading through the book of Psalms, and I came across Psalms 23, and as I begin to pray and seek God for his counsel, his wisdom, answers to needs that I have, as I started to read through the scriptures, I believe the Lord just started to really highlight these verses to me in a very special way, and I want to share that with you today. So if you have your Bibles available and you want to follow along, I think that would be great. And I'm going to read, I'm just going to expound on each verse as I go through. And I I hope that this is a blessing to you. I know that we live in a day and a time where there's so much darkness, so much despair, so much un ungodliness and wickedness. You watch the news, the local news. Here in Atlanta, you've got to get through five homicides just in the city before you can get to the weather. And it's depressing to to watch the local news. And then to watch the uh, national news is even more depressing because it's so biased. It's such propaganda that you don't know if you're hearing anything that's really the truth anymore. And it could be very defeating. So, folks, we we find our strength in the Lord. We don't find it in the media. We don't find it in entertainment, sports, or any of those things. If that's where you find your peace and your comfort and your strength, then you are looking in all the wrong places. It's through the Lord and our relationship with God that we're going to find the strength that we need for the daily things that will come up, the problems with work and family life and, and just everyday issues that come up. If it's not for the Lord giving us the strength to endure and to continue to move forward, we would be a most miserable people. And that is really what we see around us is people that are just miserable. They're unhappy. They have no peace. There's no comfort in their life. There's always chaos and drama in their lives. And I don't know about you, my friends, but I like to live my life without any drama at all if I can help it. I like to live a peaceful life, serving God, sharing Christ with others, just longing for the day when the trumpet will sound and we can be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and spend eternity with Him. But folks, I want to read this to you. Psalms chapter 23, starting with verse 1. This is what Scripture says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and this is what the Word of God says. The Lord is my shepherd. And when I pondered that, what Scripture tells me is Jesus is my Savior, and all we need in this life is Jesus because he supplies all our needs. And that's the next part of verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want When we make and we crown Jesus, Yeshua, as the Lord of our life, he will supply all our needs. Now, don't misunderstand me. It does not mean that God will give us all of our wants, all of our, and I'll put it this way, selfish desires and needs. The Bible teaches us that God will supply all our needs according to his riches, 
his mercy, his grace, his goodness, his will. And that's what we should be seeking, because if we seek things that go outside those boundaries, we will have a tendency to, and I really believe this because I've seen it over the years, we will have a tendency to walk away from the Lord because those things become more important than our relationship with the Lord. So I hope that makes sense to you folks. Verse 2 says this, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You see, in this verse here, for lying down in green pastures means that there's a sense of security, that I'm safe in my relationship with the Lord, and that he will take care of me, and he gives me peace. And this is one of those things that I just really loved when I first got saved, and I love to this day, is that God gave me peace. And one of my favorite scriptures is Romans chapter 5, verse 1, which says this. I'm reading Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Scripture says, and that to me, when when I became a born-again Christian, it was that verse, and that's the verse that just spoke so loudly to me, because in a religion, prior to getting born again and saved, as what Scripture tells us, everyone needs to be born again, a spiritual new birth. I did not have that, and I did not have peace following the religion that I was in, where I worshipped idols and prayed to dead dead people, didn't even really necessarily always pray to the Lord, but prayed to Mary and prayed to other saints and never received any answers, never had the peace of God. So this to me in verse 2 of Psalms 23, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. To me, that is the peace of God where I can lay down, and this is figuratively I'm speaking here, I can lay down in a green field of pastures and have rest in the peace of God. And that to me is a powerful thing. Outside of Christ, there is no peace. You can follow any religion. You can follow any so-called path, other path other than God, and you will never, ever have the peace that only God can give you. So that's what this verse teaches me. And it also teaches me to trust my soul to the Lord and to trust him with everything. Now in verse 3, it says this, he restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now this verse clearly teaches me that God saves our souls from hell. Because without becoming a born-again Christian, we will not spend eternity with the Lord. We cannot pay enough money. We cannot pay for enough indulgences. We cannot do enough good works. There's not anything that we can do to earn our salvation. The only thing we can do is to repent and call out to God to forgive us of all our sins we've ever committed and say, Lord, I refuse to walk in my own path. I need you to come into my life. 
to change me, to make me a new person. So, Lord, I invite you now to come into my heart, live in my life, and make me a new person and set me on the path, uh, the narrow path that leads to everlasting life. And when we do that, folks, God will enable us to have the peace, the security that comes in a relationship with the Lord, and it is absolutely a beautiful thing. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14, and I want to read that. This is what Scripture says. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now, to me, that is a very sad verse, the latter part of that, where there be few people that find everlasting life. Everyone gets caught up in the cares of this world and is more excited about the things in in the world than they are excited about having a relationship with the Lord. And as we get closer and closer to the end of this age, we're going to see more and more people turn. We're going to see a lot of people that we've maybe even have attended church with for years. They're going to drop out and they're going to go back into the world and they're going to go back to living a life of sin and ungodliness because they're listening to the devil and They want to go back to that lifestyle. They no longer want to put forth the effort of trusting the Lord and living for God, and they they decide to backslide and go in the other direction. And some of them may have never even had a relationship with the Lord. And I believe the churches today are full with people, filled with people that are, they have no, no relationship with God whatsoever. It's just something that they've always done, but they've never really truly surrendered or committed their heart to Christ. And that is extremely a sad thing to say. All right, verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, this verse tells us a lot, and I believe that this verse really spoke to me because we're living in a wicked world. We're living in the valley of darkness and ungodliness, constantly surrounded by that. And that can be something, again, like I said at the very start of this message, it can be very depressing. So what we need to do, because we're not on the mountaintop, it's wonderful when we have those experiences occasionally, but reality means we've got to walk down the mountain, we got to get back in the valley, we got to go back to work, we got to go back with our daily routines to provide a living for our family, take care of our family, whatever, whatever the circumstances may be. And you could be retired, but whatever, whatever you're doing in your daily life, there's going to be struggles, there's going to be temptations, there's going to be trials and tribulations. But here's the thing. We as children of God, we have God's power We have God's presence, we have his mercy, we have his grace. All of these things follow us, and all of God's love and his attributes are available to us if our heart is right with God. And folks, that is the most important thing. Where is your heart? Where is your mind? 
What are you, where are you putting all your affections towards? Now I'm talking about outside of your marriage. What are your priorities? What do you put all your time and effort into? If it's all these other things and you make no time for your relationship with the Lord, then you are going to really be battling a lot of these worldly things and more than likely, you will not be strong enough because you have not disciplined yourself to spend time with God, studying his word, letting God speak to you through his word. You have not spent enough time on your knees praying and seeking God, putting on the full armor of God so you can battle through all the daily obstacles and all the things that will come to trip you up and to try to get your eyes off of living for God. And as we get closer and closer to the day of the Lord, these things will intensify. They will not back up. They will not become less and less. They will become more prevalent each and every day that we wait to hear the trumpet sound. The days will become more evil and more wicked. So that means the devil is going to be actively engaged in tripping up as many Christians as he possibly can. And if you really are have your eyes wide open right now, you should be able to see these things. And you should see a lot of worldliness among those weak Christians that you may know personally or you may attend church with. And they're so consumed with the things of this world. It's kind of like the children of Israel when Moses and Aaron brought them out by God's help, brought them out of Egypt. They continually wanted to go back to Egypt. They were not willing to walk in the Lord's path and trust in him that God was going to supply all their needs. And the Lord did. When they needed water, he had Moses strike the rock And water came out and provided them water. Fresh manna from heaven fell. It was angel food. Fell from heaven every single morning. They always had food. The Bible even tells us that for 40 years in the wilderness that they walked and that they traveled through the wilderness, they never wore out their clothes or their sandals on their feet. God provided. God is a loving, merciful, generous God. And he will not allow his people to suffer and to go without. He will always provide our needs. So, folks, it's very, very important that we trust God in everything. And right now, at this time, and today is the day before Resurrection Sunday that I'm recording this, right now, today is the day that we determine that we are going to follow the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, with all our being and that we're going to put other things aside. And God comes first. And folks, I urge you, just don't take my advice on this, but I ask you to pray and to seek the Lord and to see if the Lord wants you to spend more time in fellowship with him and and trusting him and just seeking his will and, and seeking him to speak to your heart and direct you in the way that you should be going. And if you'll do that, I believe God will bless you, he'll strengthen you, and he will revolutionize your walk with Christ. And I I know this from personal experience, and the Lord never, never fails. He never leaves you on the side of the road. 
He's going to hold your hand. He's going to lift you up when you need to be lifted up. He's going to carry you when you need to be carried. And God will always, always take care of you. But you got to remember, you got to, your heart and your mind need to be lined up with God and his will. And if they are, then everything will work out in its time frame and the way that it is supposed to work out. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible tells us that if we ask God for wisdom, if we lack wisdom, I believe if we lack understanding and knowledge, God will give us those things and we just have to ask. The book of James in chapter 1 verse 5 gives us this, but I believe this is a promise from God. This is what James says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. So here, here is something that God will give us. So a lot of times as we're going through life and we're in the valley and we're going through our daily routines, we have obstacles that come in our way. And it could be a terrible employer, a horrible boss. It could be somebody we work with. It could be a family member that's just difficult and is not living right and is just causing all kinds of problems. And sometimes we just, we don't have the words. We're searching for how do we approach this? How do we talk to this individual? But here's what God tells us. And it's not really important what Brother Bob here says, but what does the Bible say? What does God's word say? That's what we need to get back to. Let's not trust every single person that says this is what God says, but what does the Bible actually say? That's what's important. So here's a scripture that says if we lack wisdom, let's ask God. And he gives to everyone who asks liberally. In other words, he'll give you all the wisdom you need to make the right decisions, to have the right words to say to that person. God is faithful, and when we ask in faith, believing that he is able, God will do it. As long as we're not asking for ridiculous, amiss things that will lead us in the wrong direction, God will answer those prayers. Hallelujah. We serve a faithful God. Praise his name. All right, verse 5, this is what Scripture tells us. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now, folks, I could, I could give you a testimony on, on this passage where God is always so faithful. God provides for us even in a supernatural ways before those who hate us before those that would want to do harm for us, God is there and God moves. And sometimes we don't even realize that God has done some things and supplied needs that we have that he sees, but we haven't asked for them because we don't even know what's down the road, but God does. So God provides. And I'm going to give you this this little testimony here. Many, many years ago, I had been praying about leaving and the employment that I had at, at this one particular time. Didn't make much money. It was very hard work. I was a young man. Of course, I could handle all the hard work, but I was always looking for a, a better way to provide for my wife and my two children when they were very young and just trying to earn you know, some additional money, uh, better benefits and stuff like that. 
which is which is normal to want to do that. And there was an opportunity in Atlanta, and I'll I'll just share this with you. It was to go to work for an airline, and some of you may remember this this name. It was called Eastern Airlines, and one of my neighbors worked for them, and they had an opening. They were going to hire, I believe it was, uh, I can't remember, to be honest with you, maybe seven or ten people. And I applied for the job. I actually had an interview with the particular company. And I was so excited because it paid a lot more money than what I was currently making. But here's one of the things that I learned early on from one of the the godly mentors that the Lord placed in my life when I first became a born-again Christian. And he told me early on, he says, when you pray and you seek God for things, always pray for the Lord's will to be done. Not your will, but his will. And that of course, it's scriptural. We learned that from the example of Jesus when he went to the cross. But what I learned from that was I could want certain things, but I don't see the long-term picture. I don't see what's over the, the hill and the horizon, but God knows. And if we are truly seeking and saying, Lord, here I am. I'm your vessel. Use me for your glory. I want to be someone, Lord, that wins souls for Christ and influences other people. I want to be that one that can plant seed, and I want to be that one that will water the seed, and then hopefully, Lord, you give me the honor and the privilege of praying somebody into the kingdom of God. If we seek the Lord and we really want to be about the Lord's work, then we have to believe God's got everything under control. And it's like a a dear brother of mine always used to say, God's got this. And that's the truth. If we put our life into God's hand, then he's got it. We have to trust him. And it's hard to trust sometimes when you can't see the end result. And that's where faith comes in. And we just have to really just build up our faith and trust in the Lord that he's got everything under control. Well, anyway, I went down for this interview with this individual, and uh, the interview went very well. But there was a question uh, that was asked of me about something that uh, maybe I did in my past and I told him, yes, when I was young, that I did this one particular thing. And he said, well, we can't hire anybody that's ever done that. And it was about smoking, smoking marijuana. And that was something I did as a teenager. I regret it. I hate it that I did that. But he had asked me if I had ever done drugs, and I you know, told him the truth. But here's, here's the interesting thing, folks. When I was sitting there and this man was asking me this question— When he asked it, I felt the Lord speak to my heart. It was not an audible voice, but I felt it so strongly that the way that the Lord worded this in my heart and my mind and my spirit was, if you lie and tell this man you did not do this, you will have the job. But if you tell the truth, he's going to tell you they will not hire you. So I sat there for a second or two while he was asking me this question, and immediately, without hesitation, I told him, yes. When I was 16 or 17, I smoked pot a couple of times, and he told me then that we can't hire anybody that's ever done that. And I thought that was awfully odd, but I knew that if I told him the truth, that I would be doing the right thing. And immediately, folks, the peace of God came into my heart, And I felt the Lord speak to my heart again and said, Eastern Airlines can't forgive you of what you did in your past, 
but I already did. And the peace of God came into my heart. I got up, I shook the man's hand and told him, thank you for the time to interview me. I appreciate it. I walked out, never looked back, and come to find out just a few days after that, my next door neighbor who worked for Eastern Airlines came and told me, he says, Bob, it's a good thing you didn't get that job. And I asked, you know, why? And he says, well, we've had a setback within the company and all those jobs, they hired those those 10, I think it was 10 people. They hired them on. They worked for like a week or, or whatever it was, a couple of days or something. I can't remember. And he said that now all those people have been let go. So they no longer have jobs. So instantly again, I just felt the peace of God come into my heart. And I learned a lesson that day that if I'm going to trust God, I've got to trust him with everything. I got to trust him with my my life, my health, my family, my provisions, my finances, everything that I have. Hallelujah. I am going to trust the Lord. So folks, if you get anything out of this message today, I pray that if you have not fully trusted in the Lord with everything, I pray that today is the day that you do that. Because I believe that, that that from Scripture, everything I've ever read in Scripture and continue to read, that is the one absolute that I find in Scripture is that God wants us to turn everything over to him. He wants us to keep our eyes on him. He wants us to fully trust him with everything. And if we will do that, it doesn't mean we're not going to have trials and tribulations. All of those things will sharpen our swords will make us better uh, Christians, and will help us to counsel younger Christians and to mentor them when they go through tough times as well. All of this is part of that us being that clay, and we're on that table, and the Lord is spinning us and removing out all the imperfections, and he's molding us into the person that he wants us to be. And folks, that's what's the most important. So I pray that you surrender your heart and your life to the Lord and let him lead you. You know, when we we do this, God prepares us for ministry work. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. He anoints us to do the things that he needs us to do. And if we put him first, we will see results that will be for eternity. And all of us are called into ministry even the housewife raising you know four or five kids or maybe even more she's called to mentor those children to follow the lord there's not one person that becomes a born again christian that does not have a ministry to work for the lord and every single ministry that we are all called to is extremely important because it makes up the whole kingdom of god and it's a beautiful beautiful thing All right, verse 6. I love this verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, folks, here is a passage that teaches us that God, that his goodness, his mercy is going to follow us all the days of our life. And this is because our old man is dead and buried. We are born-again Christians 
who rose up cleansed and redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. We have been set free from the bondages of sin and death to follow the Lord. Your whole life through all your struggles and cares in this life, no matter how battered and bruised you are, you never give up. You never retreat. You never surrender to the devil because we know that this world we live in now is not our home. It's temporary, but we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, David knew this when he wrote these scriptures and he believed God. He knew God's faithfulness. He seen God's mercy, his goodness all the days of his life. And even when he sinned and committed adultery and had Bathsheba's husband murdered, he repented and got right with God. So folks, I pray that you do a spiritual checkup on yourself and make sure that your heart and your mind and your priorities are all in the right place. Friends, we are running out of time. If you're going to do anything for the Lord, you need to do it now because Jesus is coming very soon. The trumpet's about to sound. So give everything you've got, everything you have to Jesus and run your race. Give it the best that you have. Trust him in everything, and he will guide your steps, direct your paths, and you will have the peace of God as we await the Lord's return and do his work. God bless you. Have a great day, and I pray that you have a wonderful Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Until next time, this is Brother Bob saying Maranatha. God bless you and have a great day. Thanks for joining us today, folks. Please join us next time on Truth Prevails.